Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning to you. Hi there, welcome. It's a beautiful day today. Uh, and uh, so let's begin our study in 1 Thessalonians 5, and let's read again verse 14. Uh, Paul says, we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the weak. Uh, sorry, let's start again. We urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. So Paul gives us these three different categories of people, um, those who are um, disorderly or idle, as uh, Joshua was explaining to us yesterday, those who are timid or faint-hearted, which we're going to look at today, or those who are weak, and we'll we'll look at that tomorrow. Um, but before we dive in, let me just tell you a little bit about um, a, a section in Pilgrim's Progress Part 2. So in Pilgrim's Progress Part 2, we have Christiana travelling and she picks up various people along her pilgrimage to the Celestial City. And on her journey, she ends up picking up people, including um, Mr. Ready to Halt. Uh, he is infirm and he has crutches. And so he wants to give up. He's ready to halt. You have um, Mr. Much Afraid. And then Mr. Much Afraid's father is Mr. Despondency. OK, and then we also have Feeble Mind and uh, Feeble Mind is weak, but he wants to get to the Celestial City. He's quite determined, but he's weak. And uh, at one point he has to be carried uphill difficulty because he can't make it up on his own. So he has to be carried by somebody and um, he gets captured by Slaygood the giant and uh, Mr. Greatheart rescues him from Slaygood the giant. And this is what Mr. Greatheart says to uh, Feeble Mind. He says, I have it in commission to comfort the feeble minded and to support the weak. You must needs go along with us and we will wait for you and we will um, and we will lend you our help and we will deny ourselves. So he says then, he's quoting actually this verse, he's saying, we have it in commission to comfort the feeble, the feeble-minded, the faint-hearted, and to support the weak. And so we will wait for you, we will carry you, we will help you, we will encourage you along the journey, and we will do this together, and we will deny ourselves so that we can all get to the end together. Now, that is um, in stark contrast to, say, the animal kingdom. I mean, when you get weakness in the animal kingdom, uh, there is no mercy. We have chickens. And if one of the chickens is ill or weak, the others turn on it and kind of peck at it and, and, uh, and so on. Whereas in the church, we're supposed to help one another, to carry one another, to be gracious and kind towards one another, because actually God picks up people who are broken and messed up and uses them and doesn't discard them and get rid of them. 
but he perseveres with us because he can do things with us, even though we're a ragtag bunch with all sorts of issues and needs. Nevertheless, he takes us and he turns us into world changers for him. So what we find here is there's different types of people. And in this reading this morning, we see that there's these three different types of people, as we've already looked at. Now, we need to have kind of, if you like, I would say an emotional intelligence when we are dealing with different people in the church to understand what this person is like, what what states they're in. How are they before we kind of dive in with both boots uh, and um and, and we need to now I would say it's not just emotional intelligence. It's actually discernment. We need spiritual discernment to work out what's going on in this person's life so that I can help them in a way that's appropriate to their situation. So that I don't bonk them over the head because I think that they are um, being disorderly when actually um, they are weak and faint hearted and they need encouragement or they need comfort. You see, there's no one size fits all approach to people. We, my job will never be replaced by artificial, artificial intelligence and nor will yours in the church because there is no robot that will ever be able to discern spiritually what's going on in someone's life so that you can help them appropriately. We need the spirit of God so that we have the discernment to look into the soul of someone and see what's really happening. Now, whilst there might be a predominant characteristic that a certain person may have, for example, they may tend towards timidity, I would say that we are all capable of all of these characteristics on different days. So, for example, I'm capable of, on one occasion, being lazy, being happy to watch the telly instead of having a conversation with my teenage daughter or, or say, my wife. Uh, I'm capable of being lazy. I'm capable of being faint hearted, of recoiling at things or of being weak, say, tempted to have that extra beer or demolish that entire barrel of biscuits when I didn't need to. And so we can all be weak and we can all be faint hearted. We can all be lazy. When you meet up with someone, let's say you're going to meet up with Matilda for a walk and you need to say to yourself, what which Matilda is going to turn up today? Because you may be ready to speak to Matilda about an issue that you're concerned about in their life and you want to admonish them. And then Matilda appears on your driveway and Matilda, you can see from their face and their demeanour and you listen to them for a couple of minutes and you realise actually they're hurting, they're, they're afraid, they're in pain and it, you need a totally different approach on that occasion. So we need discernment. And with our kids, we need to know what's going on with, with him right now. Is this crocodile tears to avoid being admonished or is this for real? We need discernment. And the other thing we need to say is this, that people can change. Christians can grow. People don't have to stay disorderly. They shouldn't. In fact, if they're a born again Christian, if they get admonished, they shouldn't continue to be wild and disorderly. If they do, I'd suggest they're not a Christian. They're not born again because they're not hearing and they're not changing and they're not listening to God. And so actually we can change. We can become we can go from being faint hearted to being more brave hearted to. I can think of Diane Charnley, who was very timid about things and then was transformed uh, following a trip to South Africa and ended up going out on her own to South Africa, was incredibly courageous and brave 
life, uh, even though that might not have been her natural inclination. Now, what about this second category of person in this list? It talks about the timid. We're to encourage the timid. That person literally is a small-souled person. The word there is small-souled. So this person lacks courage. They may be discouraged by things easily. They may feel overwhelmed very, very easily by big things that are, and they feel small in the situation. They may feel inadequate. They may be diffident. They may be worried. They're, they're a shrinking violet, okay? They may be afraid to take risks. They may never venture anything new. And as soon as they do start doing something, the slightest obstacle, and they'll probably want to give up. They're faint-hearted. The, the word there is faint-hearted is used as well. And, and these people were faint-hearted because their relatives had died and they were worried about what would happen to them when Jesus came back. And they were faint-hearted. Now, what is the answer? How do we help a person who is faint-hearted? Do we rebuke them? Clearly not. Do we jolly them along? Do we say, don't worry? Do we say, don't be anxious? And they say, yeah, but I am anxious. And you say, well, well, don't be anxious. The Bible says, don't be anxious. And you say, well, yeah, but I am. That doesn't help very much. Thank you very much. What do they need? What they need is encouragement. The word here is encourage the timid. We're to encourage, to give courage to someone. How do you give courage to someone? You give courage to someone by telling them the truth, by helping them to understand. As Paul says back in chapter four and verse 18 about the faint hearted who were worried about their dead relatives. He says, encourage one another with these words. So first, listen to the person, then encourage one another with these words. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been had some symptoms and you're worried that you may have some life threatening illness and you're concerned about it and you speak to your friends, you speak to your family and you ask them. And, and, and let's be honest, they don't know either. They can give opinions. They can say, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be OK. But they don't know. You go to the doctor. The doctor examines you. The doctor says, we'll do a scan. The doctor then says to you, you have no tumours in your stomach. You're OK. And you think, oh, I feel all right now because you've been encouraged by some words that have given you courage and you're no longer faint hearted about what you thought you had. Or perhaps you are actually diagnosed with something nasty and you're given some facts, you're given the symptoms. You're also told about the treatments. You're told about the prognosis. You also then get prayer from your pastors and your friends. And so you end up strengthened, no longer faint hearted so much, but feeling strengthened in your heart to face this because you've got some facts, facts about the treatments, facts about the prognosis, facts about God, and therefore you can face it with some courage, even though you will still have your wobbly moments. So we need to encourage one another with these words. Now you may say, well, I can't go around just preaching to everyone all the time. No, that's right. But to one another, to Christians, we can speak the truth to each other to encourage each other. I'll give you one final example. The other day I um, was just WhatsApping Greg Peterson and we were chatting early in the morning and uh, he said, I've got to go. I've got work to do. And he just signed off by saying this. Have a super day. Be strong and courageous. Now, he didn't know, but I was actually feeling a little bit faint hearted that morning because I had some challenges that day that I had to deal with. Some issues that I felt I needed to confront. I had some challenging kind of 
the situations to try and push for. And uh, I was feeling a little bit kind of faint hearted, timid. And uh, he just said, you know, be strong and courageous. And I replied, for the Lord your God is with you. And I tell you what, that just gave me enough strength to face it and go for it and push through on some things that day. It was a really, really good day. We need to do that. We need to encourage each other. Let me encourage you today. Be strong and courageous for the Lord, your God, is with you. And God is the ultimate encourager. He is the one who encourages the faint hearted to make us strong in him, to make us courageous in him so that we can do things that we never would have dreamt of doing. You think of Peter, who was afraid of a servant girl uh, and denied Jesus three times, but then ends up filled with the Holy Spirit and preaches to thousands of people and changes things. God can change us. God can make us courageous when we are naturally faint hearted. And so let us pray as we finish. Lord, we thank you that you are here to help us today. I ask you for your encouragement to come upon us, that we today would know that we don't need to be faint hearted, that we can have your help, that we don't need to be timid or anxious about anything. But Lord, you come alongside us. You speak to us to give us strength to face the day. So we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.